Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Greetings, theater friends. It is Throwback Thursday. It is I, Kevin David Thomas. Greetings, prophets. The great work yes. begins. We hope that you're having a lovely summer. I'm sure you have lots of summer reading going on or summer YouTube watching. Name, name the music already. Summer, summer, I was like the summer, wondering where to go. Name the musical. Uh, Donna Summer musical? No, this is a Tony Award winning musical. Oh, how I'm, in, I'm ashamed right now. Two uh, gentlemen. Oh, oh boy! That's the one that I feel like I always skip over. Once I again, always, folks, summer, I, summer. I was like the summer, wondering yeah. where to go. Beat out follies. There it is, so and, there and and that's why. That's it's. It, I knew that there's always a couple musicals that one best musical, and you always forget one best musical. <laughs> like, first of all, you kind of forget they were a musical. Period. That's the one. There's that's one. And that's like, one well, I, I always forget. I think, oh my goodness! Wow. Okay. Oh, well, follies. Guys, come on. Isn't that interesting? That's why awards mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. I think. No. It, the awards are – I, well, I, I think they are fun to follow. I, I'm just like anyone else. I love watching the, the Tony Awards. I, I think it's great that they preserve so many things on, on uh, you know screen that we can go back and watch those awards from 1971 as well. But – but it's you have to take it with all the grain of salt. It's all po- politics. It's all the producers. But within that, you can still have some fun. But it doesn't mean anything. I mean, look at Les Mis lasted years and years and years, and that didn't win. No, that you know that was you know roasted by critics. And yet absolutely, that's, that's that's the that's the gateway drug for a lot of people into musical theater. So absolutely. Hey. Can I ask you what do you think is the most egregious to quote julie andrews <laughs> win a musical that you were like how did that win over blank like how did two gentlemen win over fun well i mean that's that's way up there i i, I would take it actually one. farther back and i'm sure this is a point of contention for some people but 1957 music man over west side story i i, I think what it's unbelievable oh, yeah. to me that west side story was like Music Man, I, it's great. Music Man was of its era, but was what West Side Story was doing and how it was just so out there in avant-garde and Bernstein and all that. That that one, since I was a kid, always thought, really, really, yeah, it's a bizarre one. That is a bizarre. It one. Makes sense. I get it. Music Man's a really well. It's a great show. We're going to see it with Hugh Jackman in, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah. What about that. what about you? What do you have? Well, I mean, that's that's a big one for me. There's a recent one recently. I don't I don't want to say because I don't want to offend anybody. But there, there have been a couple in the past couple of years that have won that I'm like, how did that win? 
No, not, no shows will be mentioned because I have friends. Does it? Okay. I was going to say, does it rhyme with, but I, I won't even do that. What? Are you going to Hanson? Is that what you're going to say? No, I, I, listen, Dear Evan Hansen and Come From Away were both amazing shows. I was hoping Come From Away was going to win. I really like Come From Away. That's all. I, mean, I was going to say, is it Schmum from a Schmay should have won? But yes. Schmum but hey, it, like, like we said, it's running. It's doing very, very good business. The ticket sales are still up, you know? So, hey. In a world where a, both of these shows can exist, there is nothing better. And at the end of the day, the awards mean absolutely nothing. Remember Wicked and Avenue Q. Wicked that was Avenue a big Q. Wicked yeah, that one. Avenue Q won, I thought. Yeah, that was a big coup. That was, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was a big one. Or look at the shows from like the 91 that like, it was like Will Rogers Follies. Will Rogers Follies won. And, but it was, oh, oh God, help me. Is there any angels or something there? No, no that, that was 1990. Was that was like, but like whatever, I can't remember, help me out, folks. Whatever Will Rogers beat, like those shows are still like around all the time. Uh, and Once on this island, maybe? No. Maybe once on this island. Okay, wait. You start talking about your favorite thing because I feel okay, like Okay, you look up and then I'm, interrupt I'm me. I'm a bad and then historian can... today. That's I, fine. I, I yeah, used to cause... be able to like rattle this off like. And, but, uh, I know. I want to say it We're was getting Will older, Rogers Rob. Follies and like. Um, uh, God, what the hell was the other one? Uh, once on this island and maybe. Not Miss Saigon. I want it. I want to start, uh, but I could be wrong. I could be. You keep talking. You tell me about because your favorite I, thing. Because I watched. I watched. Uh, well, ha- well, my favorite thing actually. I could open up my favorite thing, which is a book, and turn to this chapter in the book and be able to tell you probably uh, faster than you're going to be able to look it up. My favorite thing today is. And I had to. This is another example, Rob, of of having to. Hopefully, I haven't oh, done this one before. Sorry, oh, what, what, really is what, what is it? What is it? So this this is what Will Rogers Follies beat out. Ready? Miss Saigon, Once mm-hmm. on This Island. Yeah, we were right. And The Secret Garden. Oh, yeah. Two of those shows have already had revivals. Secret Garden's about to have a revival. No revival of Will Rogers Follies, folks. No, no one's going to hear that Cy Coleman score, which, uh, listen, you I love like Cy Coleman very much, but I must say it is not my favorite Cy Coleman score. I never. I feel like that's like never met a man. I didn't like. I, it seems sacrilegious, but I just I like the life. I listen to that every day of the week. Oh, I love the life. Trivia: Who was the original choice to play Will Rogers in the Will Rogers Follies? It, it oh, ended up being Keith Carradine. But I yes, I did just read this recently. Oh boy, I can't remember. John Denver. That's right. Wow. Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun, fun, fun fact. fact, folks. That's why um, so popular. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I'm about to like this is nerd alert time because this nerd is a favorite thing. Sometimes our favorite things are like a YouTube clip that everyone's going to love. You're going to just type it in. You're going to go there. I don't know if everyone's going to want to buy this book. This is uh, a, a, what you might call a periodical type book. Period. And, so, and I, I, I looked up. Uh, I looked up on our podcast if we had done this before because I honestly I can't believe we haven't because it is so I don't know about you well I'll tell you in a minute but it's it's it is so important to my collection my 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 books that help me you know do research on musical theater and and understand it it's by the great Gerald Boardman and it's called American Musical Theater a Chronicle I'm going to hold it up. Look how big this is. It's huge. Oh, I used to own that book. This thing is such an exhaustively researched history of American musical theater. It is so scholarly and so smartly done. Um, It is – it it belongs on every bookshelf of any musical theater historian. But I think even if you're just a fan, there's so much to dig into and look at. Basically, what this man did from the very early, early, early beginnings of musical theater, it starts with, oh – 
Act one, uh, they, he separates the, the chapters of this big, huge book into sections, act one, act two, intermission, all that. Uh, and it's all in chronological order. Act one is uh, 1866. So he starts with the Black Crook, which is some say is the first time that you had music, dance, and acting all integrated into one musical because there was the out the ballet troupe was out of work, and so they went over to the other, you know, the opera group, and they put it all together. Yada yada. That's that's a that's a podcast of its own. Um, but so he starts there, and he, in this book, there's been three different editions of it. I have the third third and final edition. It goes up to the close of the century, so it ends with the season of two, 1999-2000. I think the last entry is the green bird the julie Taymor play slash musical that she did after lion king but what he does is he talks about every single piece of theater with music so it could be a review it could be a full-length musical revivals every single thing that graced the broadway stage from the mid 1800s all the way to 2000 and it's not just uh, oh this happened blah 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 he gives you well i'll open it up and i'll give an example um he He'll, he'll, it's by season or year, uh, and so uh, let's go to All American. I just turned to it. He'll give you know the date of the opening, the theater that it played, and he just gives you some fun facts. It's all it's narrative, so it talks about you know how it's. Uh, he'll compare it to No Str- Four Nights After No Strings Arrived. It was the music by Charles Chaplin, the Adams, whose work. Blah blah blah. He doesn't give you as much opinion as someone like say Ethan Morden does in his sort of history All books. American was a um, piece of shit. Yeah, right. Exactly. I hated it. I hate everyone who likes it. It's done. But uh, but he's he's more factual, but he gives you a good couple paragraphs on every single thing. He'll give you little uh, little boxes of like famous people that you should know about and important indelible, you know, changes they made on Broadway. But it really is a, a history lesson um, of where American musical theater came from, uh, where it was going over the over the years, and I just have to finish with this uh, this paragraph that he the last paragraph of the book. He died, uh, unfortunately, I think in the two uh, thousands. I want to say. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Um, Gerald Boardman was uh, had a family business that sold, of all things, mothballs. Uh, and then uh, later in his life, he sold the family business, and that's when he began to write these history books. He also wrote books on Trump Kern. He wrote a book on American Operetta, on Vincent Yeomans, on American musical comedy. Um, and his his he does exhaustive research for these books. I cannot imagine him researching every single show that ever played in New York City. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. Um, And I I just have to read the ending of this because it just shows what kind of how he felt about musical theater. This is eight months after the last entry in this book, which was 2000. Uh, an old an, uh, an old century will come to an end. What will the new century bring for the musical? Who in t- 1901 could have foreseen the musical theater of 1999-2000? So there is little point in speculating. Let us simply hope that in, t- in 2099, a theatrical historian will find the, that musical theater still productive and interesting enough to put together a saying 11th edition of American Musical Theater or Chronicle. Uh, and I, th- I think that's true. Look at we're already one fifth of the way through this next century, um, 19 years after the fact that he wrote that, and look at all that we've seen since then. It, it is uh, it, it is with positivity. Everyone always says, "Oh, musical theater's dying." Blah 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 garbage. It, it is always evolving and always getting better, and it does go in ebbs and flows, of which this book certainly shows us. Um, and uh, I think it's really important. So I check out, even if you go to the library, uh, check out American Musical Theater, theater spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E, uh, the, by Gerald Boardman. It's a huge book. I think you can buy it online for a little cheaper than what it originally went for. I think it was like a $75 oh, or something sure. like that. Um, but it's a really special book, and I think that um, it's, it's definitely 
definitely worth perusing. And it's one of those books that you don't read cover from cover, but you can just pick a season and just read about it. And uh, you learn a lot. And it's a great uh, reference book as well. I like that. I like a good reference book. In Same. fact, I think I'm going to give you my reference book, too. Ooh. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Because, uh, yeah, okay, we're going to do a reference book as well. So uh, mine is, okay, maybe you remember this. Do you remember those books that used to come out? It was called The Best Plays Theater Yearbook. Of course. Right? They don't do that anymore? They're no longer? I don't think they're around anymore. I, I have looked like crazy. I, the last one I was, I was able to find was like 2004, 2005. So anyway, folks, if you don't know what this is, they were like, I think they were on every single library reference shelf. Yep. But they, and they went back a long, long time, like even in the early part of the 20th century. Um, there were 86 editions of it in 2005. So I don't know. Yeah, that would be like the early part of the 20th century. My God. Yeah. And what they would do is, is they would take like... 10 plays that they thought were really good in that season, either Broadway, Off-Broadway, or regional theater. And they would, like, give you a synopsis, and they would show you, like, except dialogue from it. Um, all of, like, the Hirschfeld drawings from the season were included. Um, they gave you, like, all, like, the touring casts. It was really marvelous. It was, I think, one of the best reference guides for theater lovers. Anyway, the way that each of the books started, though, was um, a thing that was, like, written by the editor that told you all about that Broadway season. So, for example, it was broken into, like, five different parts. One was, like, the season, and it told you everything that was going on, not only in the country, but in New York at the time. Then every single show that ran on Broadway, with the casts, with, like, what the shows were about. Then they also did the same for Off-Broadway. And then they did the same for revivals. And then they did a section called Offstage, which was like all the Broadway gossip that was going on, how ticket prices were fluctuating, problems with the unions, notable deaths, etc. So anyway, um, somebody, Otis Guernsey Jr., who used to be the editor of these books, he put together a book called Curtain Times. Once again, the book is called Curtain Times. The New York Theater from 1965 to 1987. And what he did was he took those five sections for each Broadway season from 1965 to 1987 and put it together in an anthology. Um, it is so resourceful because how many times have you like flipped through like a theater world and you're looking at a play and it's like, there's a girl in my ostrich. And you're yes. like, what is this? Right. Like, what the fuck would this play even be about? When yes. you open up the Curtain Times book and you go to that season, he tells you what that play was about. So you're like, oh, okay, now I see what it is. And I don't think there is such a play as There's a Girl in My Ostrich. Well, I, that was a good one, though. I think that it's not Russ Thacker and Anita Gillette. And it was at the <laughs> Antitheater for two performances. <laughs> Understudy was Don Scardino. Um, <laughs> So anyway, so you can buy this book for $2.70 on Amazon. So once again, it's called Curtain Times, the New York Theater, 1965 to 1987. It's from the Best Place Theater Yearbook series. Um, if you don't have those books, get those too, because those are yeah. available on Amazon now for like 
I'm looking at one, the best place theater year book, 2004, 2005, uh, 25 cents. Oh, my goodness. Wait, I'm looking to see what those plays were. That's That's a a steal. Wait, did you see any of these? Are you ready for this? I actually don't have any of those books, and I should. I should uh, maybe go. But now everyone's going to buy them, and I won't get them in time. I haven't even heard of some of these books, these plays. After Ashley, Democracy. I know Democracy. Gem of the Ocean. I know. Gem- oh, if you so help me if you say there's an ostrich in my office. Or no, there's what did you say? <laughs> that was this, the out of town title. <laughs> Un- until Elliot Norton was like, <laughs> you know, that's not a good title. It's giving everything away. <laughs> Call it. There's a girl in my ostrich, or there's an ostrich in my girl. I can't remember. It's a play on words. Get it. Um, but anyway, if you, the, they're really fabulous references, and I think everybody should have one. I really think everybody should have one. Fantastic. Um, oh, and you know what? I just thought of something really quickly. Going back to your Sherlock Holmes thing, really quickly, um, from a couple of episodes ago. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I just realized. You know, you or to, half an hour ago, because we recorded all ago. these one after the you, other. Do you know if you go to the Sherlock Holmes Museum, there is no reference of the musical? Really? Yeah, Peter Felicia told me that. That seems like a, a blaring omission. I wonder if they were not – because they, they had the permission of the estate. In fact, the estate is listed as one of the producers along with Leonard Cohen uh, as uh, f- uh, for producing it. That's yeah, with, with that special permission from the estate of Sherlock Holmes. Interesting. Hey, what year were you born? I want to do something really quickly. What year were you born? 1980. 1980? Hmm? Uh, what, what in 1980? Well, June 28th, 1980. Oh, so you're part of the second part of the season then. Mm-hmm. I want to see something. I want to see what the plays were for you. If I can find them. What were your plays? I can't find them. I want to see what plays were. were oh, I know. I like that. Were the winners when you were around. Oh, I can't even find that. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, there's a girl in my oh. ostrich. There's an <laughs> ostrich in my girl. And all American. There it is. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's all there. It's all perfect. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, I think so. I think these are two fabulous reference books. I used to have that American musical theater book and look devour it. It's it's it is like an encyclopedia, but it is just a fantastic encyclopedia and, and well worth it. Yeah, and then I sold all my books to the Strand, and then we started this podcast. Can you believe it? I used and to had to go buy them all back. <laughs> yeah, I used. To, oh my God, Kev! I used to have like, I think maybe. 2000 books that were all on theater crowding my apartment. And I was like, and we haven't done the podcast yet. I'm like, I don't need any of this stuff. I'm like, I can find whatever I'm looking for on YouTube literally sold it. And I think six months later we started the podcast and there are so many times where I'm like, where's that Frank Lesser book? And I'm like sitting, <laughs> yes. sitting at the strand. That's where that book is. Oh man. Being devoured by some guy from Columbia. Who's now like, I'm reading well, a doctoral thesis on Frank Lesser. <laughs> But at least you can rediscover them all again. I mean, you've probably, you probably, you maybe forgot you had some of these. And now, hey, it's a nice little like reminder. It's, it's you know, comes yeah. full circle. I'm yeah. just trying to look on the bright side. Thank, thanks, for thanks for that. Thanks for that. So if you go to the Strand and you look at the theater book and you see my name stamped in it. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, folks, for your free reading. All right, so mine is Curtain Times, the New York Theater from 1965 to 1987. And mine is American Musical Theater, a chronicle by Gerald Boardman. Good summer reading. Till next time. Fun. Bye, everyone. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.